to the Yosemite Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Jackson, and on this episode, I'm going to talk about the hike to Dewey Point, which until this year, I had only been to via the Pohono Trail during the spring. But this is a popular snowshoe hike in winter, and we get a lot of questions about it. So in keeping with our winter suite of episodes, I thought covering a specific activity would be helpful for those coming to Yosemite in the snowy season, especially with the approaching holiday weekend coming. Um, It's nice to have some direction and ideas of things to do when you come here. Also, uh, my partner is redoing the floor in our apartment right now so you might hear some banging in the background and if you do I apologize but there just isn't a lot of time (laughs) uh, that we have to to record podcasts and redo floors so there you go. Dewey Point is a viewpoint from the South Rim above Yosemite Valley and is named for U.S. Navy Admiral George Dewey, who received the highest rank in the Navy following the Spanish-American War when he led the Battle of Manila Bay, an extraordinary military victory with only one U.S. casualty. I don't know why we have a point in Yosemite named after him, but I'm assuming since that trail was likely established by the U.S. military at the turn of the century from the 1800s to the 1900s, they may have named it for him since he was an American. American military icon. He also had close ties to Teddy Roosevelt uh, from the Spanish-American War. And of course, Roosevelt had a lot to do with establishing Yosemite's borders as a national park. So that could have had something to do with it as well. But I'm not totally positive. If you know, you can uh, email me and enlighten me. So let's start by getting oriented to where Dewey Point is exactly. You can access this trail from the Glacier Point Road by car in the summer, uh, just not in, actually, uh, not in 2022 or probably 2023. They're closing the Glacier Point Road for construction, and I'll talk more about that when I know more about it. But as far as it stands right now, I don't think that road will be open, but... In normal years, you can access the trail from the Glacier Point Road uh, in the summertime or by snowshoes or skis in the winter. And it sits almost directly across from El Capitan, um, similar elevation and everything. So if you were standing in El Cap Meadow and you turned around, um, faced away from El Cap, you would see the Cathedral Rocks and Dewey Point is just above those. And in fact, you can see the top of Higher Cathedral Spire uh, from the point itself. If you're coming to Yosemite in winter, it is very likely that this trail will be covered in snow. And if we've had a recent snow, it may be necessary to use snowshoes. And we do encourage folks to use snowshoes so we can keep the trail in good condition. The first thing you need to do before embarking on this hike is to check the weather and see if there has been any new snow accumulation. As of February 3rd, 2022, as I'm writing this, we have not had any new snow in well over a month. So currently this trail is hard packed and icy but that makes it easy to follow. If you need snowshoes, uh, you can rent those for the day from the Badger Pass Nordic Center in Yosemite, um, open from 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m., seven days a week. So if you do that and you're starting your trip from the Nordic Center, the trail begins right behind the building on the perimeter trail marked by a big red sign that says start here. And it's kind of amazing how many people miss that. Uh, but it's there. There's a starting point there. And then about 20 yards from that sign, there is another sign that says Glacier Point Road with an arrow pointing to the left. And that is the direction you need to head toward uh, to access Dewey Point. You'll walk or ski that trail for about a quarter mile around the parking area before connecting with the Glacier Point Road proper. And what you'll notice when you get to the Glacier Point Road is that it's usually groomed. It's covered in snow, so it's not uh, you know a road that you can drive on. It's all covered 
covered in snow and it's usually groomed um, by a snow groomer with that kind of corduroy pattern. And um, it uh, usually has two sets of ski tracks on either side of the road. If you're snowshoeing um, to Dewey Point, and I do recommend snowshoes over skis for the trail, um, it's very important that you stay as far to the side of the uh, shoulder of the road as possible. The reason for that is that each part of a cross-country ski trail uh, is designated for different activities. Um, and snowshoeing on the ski tracks or in the middle of the road uh, just completely destroy it for cross-country skiers and skate skiers. The middle of the road is for skate skiing. Um, the sides are for cross-country where the tracks are and the shoulder is for snowshoeing. Just think of it like a road with fast lanes and slow lanes. The slowest lane is always on the furthest right. And I'm really stressing this because I'm also a skier and I just took up skate skiing <laughs> And I know how bad that road can get with people snowshoeing or just walking all over it. And it makes it really difficult. So we ask that you just try to be respectful of everyone's right to enjoy their activity um, with the best conditions possible for, for that. So you're going to be walking about a mile on the Glacier Point Road um, before you see the first sign on the left-hand side of the road for the Dewey Point Trail. And that is trail number 14. Um, trail number 14 is a black diamond ski and snowshoe trail. Um, Dewey Point is great. It's a great hike in that it has two trails you can take for it. So you can make it a loop. And I highly recommend you do so. Trail 14 is the first trail you come to and trail 18 starts a little further down, maybe about like another quarter mile from there. Um, from Summit Meadow. But both trails intersect at about two miles in, and then they kind of join and end at, at Dewey Point. 14 is the more strenuous trail, being a Black Diamond uh, trail from the road all the way there. And let me take a moment to explain the rating system. Um, Cross-country and downhill skiing trails are rated as easy, intermediate, or expert. Um, and those ratings are a green circle indicating the easiest route, good for beginners, a blue square for intermediate skiers, and black diamond is for expert skiers. Double black diamond uh, is the next rating, and that is for very expert skiers, but we don't have any designated double blacks in Yosemite. So don't worry about those. Um, you won't encounter those anywhere at the Badger Pass area, but being aware of the rating system will keep you from getting it over your head as a novice skier. As a snowshoer, uh, Black Diamond tells you that um, the trail may be narrow and steep in some sections, which you shouldn't have to worry too much about on snowshoes because they uh, they have great traction. They handle in snow very well. Um, it's just like hiking, but with bigger um, mechanisms on your feet. Uh, the Dewey Point Trail is considered a moderate day hike for snowshoers, um, about a half day hike for people with a good level of fitness. It's about 7.5 miles round trip with an elevation gain of like 600 feet. So it's really not too bad. But you do use more energy snowshoeing compared to regular hiking. Um, and also hiking in winter expends more energy. Uh, so you'll probably be pretty tired after snowshoeing to Dewey Point uh, more than you would be if you were just hiking to it on on a dirt trail. Anyway, so you can start on trail number 14, uh, the more difficult trail, and come back on 18, um, which is an easier trail, but they're both about the same length. I hiked uh, trail 14 first because I knew I would have more energy at the beginning of the hike. And while it was not what I would consider difficult or strenuous, I could see with the elevation how it could be challenging for people not acclimated 
uh, to that elevation. Dewey Point is about 7,200 feet um, above sea level, and you're starting at about 6,600 feet. Um, giving yourself a day to acclimate in Yosemite Valley would be really helpful if you are planning to hike or ski at high elevation. Uh, it really does make a, a big difference, and staying hydrated is important too, and also eating <laughs> um, <laughs> at high elevation. You know, just taking better care of yourself than you normally would because people get pretty woozy up there sometimes. It's not super high, but, you know, just just be mindful that it's going to be a different experience than at um, sea level or zero to 100 feet of elevation. Um, so you're going to be hiking on Trail 14 for about two miles before you hit the intersection. And we call this kind of trail a lollipop because it's a loop that connects to a single destination. So on a map, it looks like a lollipop or like a balloon with a string. And I love those trails and there aren't too many of them in Yosemite. So it's a really nice treat when you get to go out a different way than you came in. It keeps it a little more interesting. Now, snowshoeing or skiing backcountry trails can be a little tricky because it's not always obvious where the trail goes with snow covering the ground. Dewey Point is very broken or well-traveled at this point, but if we had just had a fresh snow, you would want to know how to navigate your way out there. And to do that, you look for trailblazes uh, to guide your way. Um, rather than trail signs like you see in the summertime. So blazes are markers on trees spaced anywhere from a few hundred feet uh, to several hundred yards apart, depending on how um, ambiguous the trail is or how tricky it is. If the trees are really dense, you will see more blazes um, than if you were hiking through an open meadow with an obvious line to follow. In the past, trails were marked by cutting shapes into them. And in Yosemite, we see diamond-shaped notches cut out from trees, and that was done by the military when they were uh, looking after the park um, in the late 1800s and early 1900s, probably about when Dewey Point was built or established. Um, now we have yellow tags with reflectors attached to trees marking the trail. On the Dewey Trail, the tags can either be a, um, they can be pointed with a, with a pointy end. So it's like a little triangle shaped sign with the pointy end uh, directing you to the side uh, of the tree that the trail falls on or the little yellow flags. They look kind of like license plates and the trail is on the side of the tree the flag is attached to, which is something I just learned. Um, it's kind of neat. Good for direction. Um, sometimes the signs or flags will have a number on them and that tells you what trail you're on. Um, if snow travel makes you nervous, and quite frankly, it can get tricky, I recommend getting the app uh, Gaia, and that's G-A-I-A, -A, uh, and paying for a yearly subscription. It's like 20 bucks a year um, if you do a lot of outside stuff. It's a great app, and it can show you exactly where you are at all times if you download the area you're hiking in. Uh, but be sure you spend some time learning about the app um, and using it before you use it in the field because you don't want to be fiddling around with it with no reception because <laughs> it's kind of useless at that point. Um, so learn how to use it first. It did take me some time to figure it out. I actually didn't even use it for a long time after I bought it because I was like, I don't understand this, but it's fairly intuitive. Just look at an online guide and you'll you'll figure it out pretty quickly. But it is an absolutely vital tool for me. Um Take it from me, I got lost in the backcountry once and ended up having to hike like 36 miles instead of <laughs> my planned 15 miles because I took one wrong turn and that was that was in summer without snow confusing things. <laughs> and I was a guide here as well. 
<laughs> so, yeah, Gaia, a very good tool for hiking and cross-country traveling. Don't do what I did and get lost. <laughs> All right, so we're on the trail to Dewey Point. This was a very fun trail. It was rolling hills, and it traveled through some burn scars, which I always love because birds like to hang out in burned out snags, even in winter. So it's a great opportunity to listen for different bird songs. Uh, this time of year in February, we don't have a ton of bird species, but we have a lot of, um, we do have a few still. There are a lot of dark-eyed juncos and lots and lots of mountain chickadees. Uh, which I didn't know they actually nested here in the winter. So that was kind of cool. Um, I've identified the song of some ruby crowned kinglets um, around as well. So it's worth bringing some binoculars if you're into birding. It's kind of nice to to see them out there still looking for bugs and doing their birdie things. Um, so after snowshoeing for a couple of miles, you'll run into the trail intersection. And at that point, you have about another half mile. And the sign does say... Dewey Point with an arrow, so it's very straightforward. Um, and you're winding through the trees a bit, a little bit here and there, uh, but you can start to see some glimpses of the view you're going to get from Dewey Point. And admittedly, it is quite stunning. I was pretty surprised, even though I've seen it before, I was still really surprised by it. Uh, Dewey Point is the end of the trail. Um, so, you know, no, no ambiguity there. Um, not for the faint of heart if you're afraid of heights. Uh, and re be really careful there, especially with snow and ice. Um, I was standing up there looking through my binoculars and realized it would only take uh, me tripping or <laughs> one false step not paying attention to send me down the side. And it is very steep. Um, so exercise some caution there. So the first thing you notice when you get there is El Capitan and you're straight across from it and you can see the top of it and everything. That was the first thing I looked at when I was up there and I noticed there is still a party of climbers on the side of El Cap, even in winter. <laughs> Those guys. Then looking to the east, uh, I was surprised by how much of the Yosemite high country I could see. And maybe it's just because I haven't seen it in a few months. So it's like, whoa, there it is again. Uh, I could identify Mount Hoffman, Mount Conness, Cathedral Peak, Half Dome, Clouds Rest, Mount Clark, and even Mathis Crest, I think. I'm pretty sure it was Mathis Crest. I didn't have my, my peak finder on me. But yeah, so many prominent peaks on a clear day visible from up there. I'm just saying, you get a lot of bang for your buck. Um, you get those views um, quite often in the summer from up high because you can drive to so many places. But winter demands that extra effort when you can't just drive to viewpoints. And that makes it like so much more special, in my opinion. Um, I started my day at 8 o'clock in the morning, which meant that I left my apartment in Yosemite Valley at 7 a.m. You can start as early as 8.30 if you rent snowshoes from the Nordic Center. Um, but the point I'm making here is that the earlier you start, the fewer people you will have to deal with. I had the whole place to myself when I arrived at 10 a.m. I didn't even see anyone on the trail until I started coming back. Um, that was on a Thursday, and I still um, had it to myself by the time I left about half an hour later. So compare that to a Saturday afternoon when there are going to be no less than like 40 or 50 people there. And there were about 300 people that hiked there in one day over Martin Luther King uh, Jr. weekend. So if you want a positive Yosemite experience, I mean, if you like to be alone, uh, in beautiful places or with your family, I suggest coming midweek and starting as early as you can. I can't tell you how happy I was to be there alone. I didn't expect it and get to enjoy the views and the quiet. 
I could not imagine trying to navigate around 300 people. <laughs> this is a very popular trail. It's the most popular winter trail at Badger Pass, but for a really good reason. The views are just amazing, and the trail in its entirety is fun and just about the perfect length with outstanding rewards the whole way. Um, you feel like you got some work done, but you're not like totally exhausted by the end of it. Uh, so when I finished my snack on Dewey Point and took in as much of the high country as I could, I turned back to return the same way. But at the intersection, I took the left trail, and that was Trail 18, to take me back to the Glacier Point Road. Trail 18 is the easier trail. Most of the trail is rated green, um, and you get to travel through some nice open snowy meadow areas. And I heard a lot of bird chatter when I crossed that section, so keep your binoculars handy. Um, I also identified some springs sprouting up through the snow, um, and that was just a nice little reminder of the abundance of wildflowers that would soon arrive, and I'm sure I'll be back up there later in the season for that as well. I like to see all the places and all the seasons. It seemed like no time at all before I was back at the Glacier Point Road via Trail 18. It went by very fast. It was an easy trail. And at that point, you have the option to continue back the way you started on the Glacier Point Road, or you can cut through Summit Meadow to Old Glacier Point Road via Trail 16. And that's what I chose to do. I don't think it added that much more time. It was like maybe an extra half mile. And it's a little more scenic. Uh, you get a nice little hill that you get to climb. So you get one last little burn in. Um, and that kind of turns that hike more into a loop. Also, Summit Meadow has a bathroom, so it's just a nice place to make a little pit stop regardless and have a snack and rest for a bit. So I cut through Summit Meadow to Old Glacier Point Road and took that back to down to Badger Pass. It was about one and a half miles from the junction, from the Dewey Point to Glacier Point uh, Road junction. So anticipate having another like mile to mile and a half at that point. If you choose this route, you will eventually pass a grove of quaking aspens off of Old Glacier Point Road. It's like the only one up there. Um, some of the trees so like kind of look and investigate that little grove for a bit. Some of those trees have these big claw marks like scratched into them by by bears. Um, black bears and other mammals love to eat the shoots from aspens and even just get to the sappy cambium or living tissue layer of the tree because it's so sweet. Um, so you'll see claw marks from bears and holes drilled by sapsuckers, which is a type of woodpecker we have here. Also, fun fact about aspens, in winter, their bark has this greenish tinge to it, which is chlorophyll uh, in the bark. And so that's how those trees carry out photosynthesis after their leaves have fallen off. So aspens are still creating food, uh, even in winter, even without their leaves. So they're very hardy trees. From the aspen grove, um, and they're actually uh, most of them are clones of a parent tree as well, which is pretty cool. Uh, from the aspen grove, you only have uh, about another third of a mile before you get back to the Nordic Center. So by that point, you would have hiked between seven to eight miles with an elevation gain between 600 and 700 feet, uh, depending on if you took the Summit Meadow route or returned via Glacier Point Road. Either way, it's a it's a really good day. So here are some of my stats for, for your reference, um, just you know, so you know what to expect and what to bring. I started the hike at 8 a.m. I was at Dewey Point by 10 after hiking about three and a half miles, and then I was back at Badger Pass by noon um, by 12 p.m. I took a liter and a half of water and packed a, about 1,000 calories worth of snacks, but only ended up consuming about 40 ounces of water and eating like 500 calories, in, including breakfast. But I'm also a small woman, so if you're a normal-sized person, you'll want to eat and drink a lot more than that. Also, I'm used to this elevation and, <laughs> and this hiking, so you know, eat and drink uh, as, as much as you need. 
the weather was sunny that day with a high of 40 degrees. Um, that day I wore waterproof hiking boots and leggings, a long sleeve undershirt, a sweater, and an insulated jacket. And I ended up uh, taking the jacket off on my way back and just hiking in my base layer and sweater. Uh, but it's a good idea to bring layers and a backpack to carry them in when it warms up. Um, it's been getting pretty warm up there recently. I also slathered my face in sunscreen before the hike and wore sunglasses and a baseball hat to cut down on UV exposure. You can sunburn very badly in winter with that sun bouncing off the snow. So be sure to bring sun protection, especially sunglasses to prevent snow blindness. That is not something anyone wants to go through. If you want to do the Dewey Point hike, but don't feel comfortable backcountry traveling in the snow, the Yosemite Mountaineering School uh, have guided trips that leave from the Nordic Center at 9 a.m. on Sundays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Um, Pre-registration for that trip is required uh, and is limited by group size. Um, So I will leave a link for that in the show notes if that's something you're interested in. And also uh, consider the Discovery Snowshoe hike they offer. Same Mountaineering School, they have a different hike. Um, other than Dewey Point, it's a little less committing, um, shorter. It's between two and three hours. Whereas the Dewey Point hike can be anywhere from six to seven hours. Uh, but the Snowshoe Discovery Hike is a great introduction to snow travel in Yosemite, and the guides are fantastic. They take you some cool places, extremely knowledgeable. And full disclosure, I work for the Yosemite Mountaineering School, so I'm plugging them directly. But I have been on their hikes, and they are just great. They're super informative and fun. The guides are just so amazing. So I am 100% confident that you will have a great experience on any trip you take with them. Hiring a guide, even if you're a good hiker, is truly the best way to learn about a new place or even a place you've visited a hundred times. So you'll learn something new, I guarantee it. So use those resources uh, when they're available. Otherwise, get out there and explore and enjoy the many surprising rewards Yosemite has to offer. It took me years to make it out to Dewey Point in winter. Um, I don't know why. I just it just was not on my radar. But I see this hike uh, becoming a yearly ritual for me from now on. I just loved it. Um, and I'm still just amazed and delighted that I can discover new things here, uh, which goes to show the endless opportunities that this place has to offer for everyone, even people who've lived here for 18 years. <laughs> So you'll be just fine if you come here. (laughs) You'll find plenty to do, I promise. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Yosemite Podcast. If you like this podcast, please give me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify uh, or anywhere you can leave a review um, to help more folks find this content. If you want to contact me with any questions, comments, or suggestions, I do reply to every piece of email I receive. So you can send those to yosemitepod at gmail.com or littleyopod at gmail.com, the old name of the podcast. Also, if you want to support the podcast, directly, um, please consider joining the Yosemite podcast Patreon page uh, where I post episodes a day ahead of release so you get them a little early and other bonus content like videos and blog posts. Um, I'll leave a link for that in the show notes as well um, as ways to contact me and ways to sign up for hikes and walks with the Yosemite Mountaineering School and guide service. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram. I'm at Yosemite Pod. I've been pretty bad about posting there lately. I'm just really busy, guys. (laughs) I work. I'm working full time and my days are long, so it's just been tough. But thanks for hanging in there with me. Um, This week, I want to give a shouty to Patreon supporters, Rob and Sheryls. Rob and Rob. There are two Robs. There's one with two Bs and one with one B. (laughs) 
and Cheryl's, um, who found my Patreon page before I even announced it was available. So thanks for putting in that work, guys. Um, Cheryl's has been a longtime supporter of the podcast, and she has her own podcast called The Canyons Are Calling, all about the awesomeness of canyoneering, uh, including some Yosemite canyoneering. And Rob with two Bs is a Yosemite enthusiast from Oregon and my most generous Patreon supporter. So thank you both for your support. And I hope to see, um, or, and, and Rob, who's a, a new uh, supporter I just saw signed up yesterday. So thank you all three of you for your support. And I, I hope to see more members join our little community soon. Also, thanks again to everyone for hanging in there with the podcast. I know my episode releases have become totally irregular, uh, and there's just no rhyme or reason to when they're released, but that's just because I'm working a lot and I'm training and doing all kinds of things. So after a year and a half of being unemployed with nothing to do, <laughs> the podcast was pretty easy to put out then. Now that I'm working uh, full time, it's getting harder to keep the podcast on schedule. So I do still plan to release new episodes, but they're going to come at some random time. So just keep an eye on the releases. They're still coming, just not quite as... <laughs> often as they once did <laughs> but um it means a lot to me that y'all keep listening so um don't give up on me yet all right guys i think i've said my piece for this episode i hope you get out there to explore dewey point or another great yosemite adventure as always thank you so much for listening to the yosemite podcast i'm laura jackson and i will see you in yosemite <laughs>